Welcome into this week's State of the Program. My name is Jerry Hamilton, sitting in for Bobby Burton. Um, he's a little under the weather, but he'll be just fine. Uh, joined by Eric Nalin, as normal, the uh, publisher of Inside Texas. Um, Eric, um, you know, right out of the gate, um, and we're going to talk about Adam Lowy in a second, um, who, who presents the State of the Program as our sponsor. Let, we're going to start with quarterbacks real quick, though. We're, that's what everybody seems to still be talking about. Yep. Um, talk about what you've heard coming out of the first week of uh, of fall camp. Obviously, there's not a quarterback competition. It's Quinn Ewer's job. Uh, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, um, obviously competing for that number two spot. But on Quinn specifically, because we're getting a lot of questions about Quinn mm -hmm. on our live streams every other day when we do them. What have you? What are you hearing after the first week of fall camp? You know, well, the main thing I've heard is that that maturation we've covered throughout the season. I think that's even been been obvious if you're not, if you're not on Inside Texas, but just following along on social media or whatever, um, is really carried over to the field. You know, he's just a lot more comfortable. He's a lot more um, in control of uh, of the position than, than in the past. You know, he's just way more confident than he was a year before. Um, you know, he can be loose with his offensive lineman, walking around joking, patting him on the ass like Joe Montana before a big drive. Uh, but he also knows when to get everybody in line if they're not if he doesn't think they're focused enough. Uh, so he's he's really struck a balance so far. Uh, as far as his downfield accuracy, we get asked about that quite a bit. Um, I think it has improved uh, pretty considerably. However, uh, in the scrimmage portions, every uh, every yard is tough to gain in the passing game because the corners are doing such a good job. I think the defense has some advantages. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but he is he is more consistent passer, but he's not a perfect passer with the mechanics yet. And uh, really, we need some data from scrimmages when they go live to see how his mechanics hold up under duress. Yeah, it was interesting because Steve Sarkeesian keeps using the term distribute the ball. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I, I'm sure we haven't talked about it, guys. We don't always talk about the stuff off air. But um, one of the things I've heard recently is that Arch Manning's doing a really good job distributing the ball. And I, I want Texas fans to understand that there's no quarterback competition. But we got to mention the other guys. I mean, Malik Murphy. Extremely strong arm, still really developing into that yeah. position, shows a lot of flashes. But one thing I think we should point out is Quinn's going to, I mean, Arch is going to do well distributing the ball in this offense because he ran it in high school. He's very familiar with all of it. Right. Yeah. You know, um, it's a lot of this is just going to the guy that Sark schemed open, you know, yeah. get the ball to that guy and let him make the play, let him be the playmaker. You don't have to do it with your arm. You know, we're going to see a lot more RPOs this year. Uh, to Jordan Whittington. I think we'll see that uh, backside maybe to, to Jatavian Sanders. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that part of that is, uh, you know, look, when I designed this play for you, uh, it's open uh, because of the other plays that were working. Uh, now it's just time to deliver the ball. Yep, absolutely. Uh, take a second now before we get into running backs and the rest of the positions. Uh, I say a special thank you to Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. He specializes in results for his clients, whether it's Tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any sort of serious catastrophic injury, Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. A special thank you to Adam Lowy for uh, being the sponsor of the State of the Program Weekly. Um, Eric? Let's move into running backs. I think running backs is very interesting because I, Jonathan Brooks pretty much has the starter position on lockdown. I think we both agree with that. But this camp is more about the young guys, Cedric Baxter, right? 
What are they introducing to him that maybe they didn't in the spring? And the rest of the backs, getting those guys ready for multiple roles this season. And, of course, at the end of running backs, hit on Savion Red a little bit, where we think he's at. Well, they're still in the part of the camp where they haven't really put them in like, you know, what we all kind of assume would be their clear fits. You know, they're not just working with Keelan Robinson on screen. You know, they're letting them all run the running back plays that are in the playbook. You know, that's, you know, Cedric Cedric uh, Baxter's not just running inside, he's running out. You know, it's, they're doing everything a running back could uh, could possibly do within the scheme. Uh, and and as, the, as, as camp wears on, they'll start figuring out, all right, this is more of our rotation. We like this guy doing that. Uh, but they want to give everybody a chance to excel, and I think a lot of that has to do with them having a strong offseason for the most part. Now, you just mentioned Savion Red. Um, you know, he put himself a little bit behind the eight ball here because everybody else is competing. Uh, he's got guys in front of him, uh, you know, and then right behind him he's got two very talented running backs in the next class. So he's going to have to have a really good August, and, and really he's going to have to be uh, a model, model player going into the season uh, to start carving out a role, I think. They do like his talent, of course, uh, but, you know, part of it's buy-in. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of it is buy-in. Um, moving on to wideouts, we're going to combine wide receivers and tight ends because we do have a time limit on these shows for all the fans, and we want to get as much information out as possible. Eric, I, I know Bobby and myself, when we talk on the live streams, we get a lot of questions, and we always say wide receiver is the most improved position on the team. Yep. Are you at that same point, and kind of what are your thoughts on the position? What are you hearing uh, here headed into uh, – we're now in week two of fall camp. Yeah, I think they're the most improved, and I probably think they're the best overall in the entire team. I've got them moving up. Uh, the more I hear about A.D. Mitchell, now we're hearing uh, uh, good things about Isaiah Nair. Um, you know, as far as Isaiah Nair, we heard, you know, he's back as far as his athleticism go. Maybe maybe there's a little bit of rust uh, running routes against uh, quality cornerbacks. Um, but, you know, the athleticism has returned. We kind of knew that before camp, but it's nice to hear him having uh, confidence uh, out there running in pads. Uh, going up against really good defensive backs on A.D. Mitchell. I think A.D. Mitchell is probably the best wide receiver on the team. No slight to Xavier Worthy, who I think is going to have a big bounce back season. Uh, but you, you, we just hear so many good things about A.D. A lot of it is, uh, you know, everybody knows he's got the ball skills. Uh, but what we're hearing as well is he's a, just a, a very intelligent route runner. He knows where the sticks are. He knows how to set up uh, defensive backs. And, and, of course, he's got the ball skills to bail out the quarterback. So he, there's just a lot of different ways that he can gain separation. Uh, and then he works and does everything the right way, coming from such a such a winning program as you'd expect. Uh, so I, you know, wide receiver is is vastly improved. I think Jordan Whittington's going to have a good year. Xavier Worthy's going to have a good year. Isaiah Nair's going to be more productive than you would expect coming back from uh, from an ACL just a year ago. Uh, and then they've got the freshman that they love. Jonte Cook is one of the best players on the field at, at uh, one of the practices I attended last week. So yeah, they're they're <clears throat> they're deep, they're young, they're talented, uh, but they also have some experience too. Yeah, I, let's talk about that because uh, you, myself, Bobby Burton, Joe Cook, we were all, Eric Justin Wells, we were all at the uh, open media window practices last week. The thing that struck out struck me about A.D. Mitchell um, is, look, I, I saw him in high school, so I knew how good he was, but he was in, all injured at Georgia. Um, his body control, yeah, when the ball's maybe thrown a little bit behind him, is I think is very high end. But then with that body control – he's balanced when he gets back to the ground and then he immediately accelerates. I, right. when in person, I think that really stuck out to me. I don't know if that, if that, if you were thinking along the same lines, but that caught my attention. Well, watching time. him uh, field punch, you go from zero to 60 real quick, you know, yeah. you come from a complete stop to, to, you know, sprinting and, and moving and trying to evade defenders. And that really, really caught my attention how quick he, 
how quick he got up to speed. Um, and, you know, guys barreling down at him full speed. They weren't trying to hit him or anything, but, you know, you're trying to change his running lane. And uh, he was able to uh, to compromise and, and and navigate the field like uh, like a much smaller receiver. So, yeah, he, he plays – he moves like a small guy, but he plays like a big guy. Yeah, and, and one of the things also – I want to mention DeAndre Moore with that young group. <laughs> Obviously, Jontae Cook is get Steve Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian's been effusive in his praise. He's got a lot of questions yep. about Jontae Cook and the press conferences after practice. DeAndre Moore, super smooth, Eric. Just super smooth. Yeah. Everything he does from release to getting out of a cut. Like there may be – Xavier Worthy and Jontae Cook are a little more explosive coming out of cut, cuts, but DeAndre's so smooth he creates separation because I think he keeps DBs off balance with how smooth he is. Yeah, and he's perfect for the slot, um, yeah. you know, because he's got a he's got a strong lower body as well for for being a freshman. But um, you know, Sark wants more vertical ability from the slot. I think Jordan Winnington might be a little bit more uh, limited on his catch radius and downfield playmaking ability, uh, adjusting to the ball. Uh, you want to get you got you want to get Winnington the ball on the ground with with space to operate. I think with more you can go over the top. Uh, moving on to tight ends, real quick. Jatavion Sanders' press conference after one of the practices was. Really impressive for me, Eric. He speaks with a high level of football intelligence. Mm -hmm. And Steve Sarkeesian yeah. mentioned that in a press conference, I think the day after, but they, he was asked about Sanders. Um, we've seen the player that Sanders is, right? That's a first-year starting tight end that was played all over the place in high school. Um, that was his first-year starting last year. What are you hearing about expectations? What are your thoughts on Jatavion? I know you you watched that interview. I mean, just the level of intelligence he's showing at that position. And I'm not going to say it's rare, but it's definitely different on the college level. Well, I mean, intelligence at tight end can go a long way. You know, there's a lot of average athletes in the NFL that are yep. there because they're smart. No uh, doubt. Then you, then you compare, then you add his athleticism to it, and he, and he is kind of a rare, uh, rare animal. I wonder if uh, playing both sides of football so much in high school kind of helps his overall football IQ. It uh, probably does. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he really flipped a switch uh, a year and a half ago after his freshman year where, the, you know, the, he was so far behind. Jeff Banks had to work with him off to the side because uh, he was just more of a raw athlete coming in at, at tight end. Um, yeah, he's just, you know, he's become a leader, uh, become the, the, the number one guy in that room, one of the main guys on offense. Uh, you know, I think Banks said it best. Uh, you know, he might have less receptions but more yards and touchdowns. I I that's a yeah. function of the overall offense. I think that's part of – uh, A.D. Mitchell encroaching, Nair coming in. Um, but how do you cover all those guys? He's going to see a whole lot of favorable matchups this year. No doubt. I totally agree with that. And then Gunnar Helm, I think, is a good one-two combination for Texas because they're different players. I, I, I think yeah. that is something that, you know, and, and one of the things we've also talked about, Eric, is with those personnel packages with Carrick in there, because running the football was what Texas had to do to win last year. I think it may have limited Jatavion Sanders a little bit at times as far as being a guy who could show his down-the-field ability because Texas just didn't have that at wide receiver yep. to help spread the field for him. Uh, based on you know everything people you've talked to, could you see his role changing this year, or is it just going to be simply that the field's going to be more wide open for him? Well, I do think the field is going to be more wide open, but the, you know they'll be in a lot more 11 personnel. They won't exactly. be so, so uh, run uh, predictable. Um, but, you know, back to home, I think, um, you know, they are still going to run 12 personnel. So he's going to have a lot of value as an inline blocker. But they're also, you know, they have to prepare for Jatavian, you know, missing a series or two when they are in 11 personnel. And Helm's been out there and, 
and he's doing okay. Again, you can get by a tight end with a favorable matchup and being smart, knowing where to go against zone coverage. Uh, and, and, you know, Helm's got pretty good hands and he's got good size. So I think they're, I think they're good uh, at tight end heading into the season. Uh, maybe not as deep as you'd like them to be They're They're young behind those two. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they're in a good spot, but yeah, Jatavian complete tight end. Uh, obviously I think this is going to be his last season at Texas. For uh, those of us, um, yourself, me, that have covered Texas for a while, um, we've gone from shaking our head on the offensive line to counting draft, future draft picks on the offensive line. Yeah. And one of the things going into the season um, that we've been hitting on an inside Texas very early was that Texas was going to have a rotation on the offensive line. Um, they felt like the talent is there. And honestly, you have to play those guys in the transfer portal era. Um, but you don't play them if you don't have a lot of talented players. So we're headed in. I think one of the most interesting things going on in, in, in the fall practice is the competition at guard. Their tackles are set. Jake yep. Majors is a multi-year starter. Hard to unseat that guy. But all this young talent showing up at guard, right, Eric? Kind of. What are your What are your thoughts on the offensive line? What you're hearing? What you saw at the media open windows? here uh, as we're, you know, middle of a uh, middle of the week now uh, of week two. Yeah. You know, every, every coach's goal going into fall ball is to, to find at least eight they can count on. And I think, uh, I think Kyle flood feels very comfortable with his first date. And, and I think he's even confident he can get it out to 10 if need be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is a lot of players. And, and if you know, both guys are ready at the same position, what do you do? You know, you have to be fair. You know, if it's, if it's even, um, you know, it's a tough call. So you let you let it play out into the season. And I think that's probably what's going to happen at right guard with Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell. I don't know who's going to win that. You know, I think there's pl uh, pluses and minus for each. each. Um, you know, Campbell's still not quite as assignment sound as they'd like. Uh, Cole Hudson lacks a little strength. So one one play, uh, Campbell might get beat with quickness on pass rush. The next play, Hudson might struggle with Tavondre Sweat. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a bouncing act figuring that out. At, at the other guard, I, I do think Hayden Connor's got a pretty good grip on that. Uh, but but Neto Umiozulu is going to uh, going to make a push too. You know Hayden Connor had a lot of false start penalties last year. Mm -hmm. um, if he has if that continues, you know the the coaches are going to give Neto a shot. You know that's uh, that's the beauty of depth is you know you can hold players accountable. Obviously Hayden Connor is an extremely smart person, uh, but there's a lot going out on the football field. Uh, he's got to keep his faculties. Um, but you know depth also helps because fatigued players tend to make mental mistakes, and and the more players you have in rotation, the, the fresher they are. Uh, the more sound mind they are. Yeah, and uh, we want to mention, I think we want to mention Cam Williams here because yeah. in the spring, he was right tackle, got a few reps at guard, right? Right guard, especially after DJ Campbell went down in the spring with the wrist injury. This fall, it's more right tackle, left tackle. For mm -hmm. him. He's yeah, not really working at guard, which again, the depth at guard, the talent is showing up, and especially guys that are healthy again now. Um I think it's interesting, Eric, that Texas believes Cam Williams can be a left tackle. Um, that kind of speaks to how much he's developing. They're transitioning that body a little bit. Um, but just what Kyle Flood and the staff is thinking, I, I think that's very interesting because there's not many guys that really a staff believes could play right tackle or left tackle at this level, at the power five level, this high level of blue blood. Uh, so I, I don't know if you've heard anything on Cam Williams or what your thoughts were seeing him in person. Well, there's just really only one way to beat him is with quickness to the outside, yeah. you know, because you're not going to get him inside and you're not going to bull rush him, obviously. Uh, so that makes things a lot more predictable for him uh, as long as he, he stays uh, clean in his set and doesn't overset. 
so I, I, I think that I think he does have a chance to be a left tackle as well. And, you know, I like the fact that he's the, the right and left because it kind of clears things up for, for a guy like Peyton Kirkland to go inside and, and uh, yeah, no doubt. work at guard. Um, you know, a lot of programs will, will move their start. will have the, one of their starting tackles play guard first to get acclimated. Uh, and then once he gets a little more experience and then the depth chart thins, they'll move him out. So I like I like Peyton Kirkland getting uh, reps at at, uh, at guard. And I think, you know, Cam Williams, you know, they're getting him ready. He's going to play, you know, next year is going to be his year after Christian Jones. Yeah. So, you know, the more experience he gets this season, the better. And, and, you know, if he can if they can if he can spell Kelvin Banks in the fourth quarter this year, that'd be great. Yeah. And I think that and I think there's an important point to what you just said, Eric. When Kelvin Banks is 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 takes a series off i think it's cam williams at left tackle people are wondering will christian jones go to left i think christian jones is set on right tackle i don't think they're going to mess with that i so i think if kelvin banks is off the field i think cam williams is going to be your left tackle i haven't heard anything different i don't know if you have i haven't on that i mean if it's a series or two that makes sense because you know you know there's no point in really uh making that move for such a short period of time uh you know i don't know how it would play out if they were getting ready to play uh kansas state in a week but um but yeah, I mean, that makes sense for a series or two. But you got to, yeah, the overall depth is is uh, is right on time. I think there's, and then you know, I think they're still a year away from being truly dominant. But I think they're going to progressively get better, uh, particularly on the inside as, as the season wears on. Cohesion is a big part of offensive line, uh, and one thing with the rotation, it might might hurt cohesion a little bit. But you'll trade that for having. Um, you know, DJ Campbell firing off as hard as he can for forty snaps. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not really fair to have that that sort of uh, depth. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, moving on to the defensive side. Again, you see State of the Program presented by Adam Lowy, and we'll talk more about Adam Lowy here in a few minutes. Uh, and thank you for being the sponsor of the State of the Program. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, you know, when I look at the strengths of Texas this year, the interior defensive line absolutely is one of them. Yeah, they lost Coburn and, and, and Mora Ojimo, but there's talent and experience and depth there. Um, I know you watched those guys extensively in the two media window days. Um, who are some Who are some guys you start, start mention Alfred Collins? I mean, I, I'm done talking about Alfred Collins. Me too. It's, time, <laughs> it's time for Alfred to go get two and a half sacks in a game, okay? And preferably yeah. in Tuscaloosa. Then I'll then I'll then I'll get back on it. Uh, yeah. But kind of, what are your thoughts on that position? Obviously, Trill Carter's making uh, – he's getting some really good run behind the scenes that we're hearing. Um, so what are your thoughts there on defensive line? Before we get to edge, which everybody wants to talk about. Well, you know, I thought Trill looked better in his pads than his street clothes. Um, you good know, point. I wasn't – he, he kind of looked a little pedestrian to me uh, when I saw him at a Texas One Fund gathering. Uh, but, he, you know, in pads he looks just like a football player. You know, he's not – doesn't have the uh, width of Byron Murphy. Very few people do. You have to watch ESPN 2 late at night for a world's strongest man to see people that look like him. But Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's, he's, got a, he's got a good build. And, you know, obviously everything we hear behind the scenes about him working hard and, and the mental evaluation and the, the experience and maturity is, is actually – he's, you know, got him right on time to play quite a bit. I think Nose is in a good spot. Aaron Bryant could play this year. You know, Aaron Bryant I think would be ready to play 20 snaps if they need them, I do expect him to play, but maybe not that much. Uh, so nose tackle, you got to love where they're at with, with Byron, of course, the leader in that entire room. Um, and then to sweat, he's, he's definitely been a load in practice. Um, you know, he's just, he's just huge. And, and you know, the, the, the question with him is, you know, how, how tired is he in the game? You know, if he's, if he's fresh, he's, he's entirely different than if he's played, you know, seven or eight consecutive snaps. Uh, Alfred Collins, I'm kind of done on that one too. Sark is, I don't know if Sark's toying with us or what, um, and, you know, he's, he's been speaking well of Vernon Broughton and, you know, Vernon is, 
his thing has been technique. Uh, is he going to play lower? Is he, you know, and be, being on the field in the right situation, I think the coaches have to do a better job of having him out there more in pass rushing situations. But he's he has refined technique a little bit. He swam a guy the other day, which I don't think he's done in his time on campus, uh, and got to the quarterback. Um, so, you know, I think there's always room for improvement. And, and you know, guys, like we always talk about, guys develop at, at different times. Nobody ever thought Christian Jones would become this player over time. Um, Vernon has taken a while, but but maybe he's ready to take the next step. He, def- he definitely doesn't lack for effort, so you got to give him credit for that. Um, Sadir Mitchell, everybody asked me about him. I think he's a taller yeah. Coburn. His first couple steps are really good after that. He's not going to offer you a whole lot in downfield pursuit. <laughs> you know, I don't right. – Coburn had a whole lot of uh, – Coburn didn't play with motor to his credit. Um, Sadir is just a whole different different uh, person on, on his fourth or fifth step than he is on his first or second, which is fine. You know, he's 350 pounds. He's a nose tackle. He's a space eater. Uh, I do like where his body's headed. You can see the, that he's uh, improved quite a bit in his no six months, seven months on campus. So yeah, I think he's, I think I'm forgetting some other guys. Dre Bledsoe asked about him all the time. He's starting to grow into a defensive tackle body while still looking very athletic. Um, you know, I was watching him warm up the other day, and I just cannot believe how flexible and easily he moves. It's just, it's incredible. You know, I don't think Xavier Worthy could have been more comfortable in some of those drills they had him doing. It was it was funny yeah. to see him juxtaposed to the other defensive tackles who looked like defensive tackles doing it. He did not look like that. So obviously he's a freak, but we're still trying to figure out what role they'll carve out for him. Yeah, no doubt. And I think for Texas fans, I think Bledsoe flashes this year and takes a big step in the two years following. I I totally agree with Eric. He is definitely coming on. We're hearing more behind the scenes that they're seeing the growth, which I think is the key. All right, now it's time to take a big deep breath. (sighs) Edge. Um, Baron Sorrell, known quantity, will be a better player this year. I don't think there's any doubt. He's yeah. year three, right? I mean, second year starting. I mean, that's just the maturation process. Stronger frame, continue to get stronger. Big, the, the player that's getting as many questions as anybody is Ethan Burke, the guy opposite uh, Baron Sorrell. Now, Justice Finkley, I think, has a good long arm, plays well against the run, right? Um, Jamon Tapley here is maybe – flashing which means you're a year away <laughs> okay yeah, it means you're inconsistent yeah it means you're inconsistent you're not ethan burt though 20 25 pounds bigger from what we're hearing um talk about him then another guy we get a lot of questions on is colton vosick i'm not mm-hmm. hearing much behind the scenes on vosick that doesn't mean i should be what are what are your thoughts on ethan burt because that's what everybody wants to know about right now in the edge position overall well, Ethan's going to be an instant upgraded pass rush, but they, you know, I don't know exactly what that's saying. You know, Ovi had one and a half sacks last year. Uh, you know, it's to me, it's all going to come down to how much technique you can play with in the run game because he still lacks lower body strength, but length can be an advantage. You know, if you, you think about how strong a ladder is, if you put it at the exact angle, it can carry a lot of weight. Uh, but if you have it standing up too tall, you're going to fall backwards, you know? So uh, I think it's all about technique. He can play with strength at the point of attack, but he's got to be consistent. And of course, it, you know, we might be getting a false read on his struggles with the run game because he's going up against two of the best run blocking tackles in the country. You know, point. Jones is one of the, the best run blockers at the position in the in the entire country. So, um, yeah, again, we could be getting a false read there. What I really love about him is the the football character is there. That kid's a real football player. Um, you know, I, I remember when they first started going after him. I didn't know much about him, but you hear about the uh, – the uh, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Sorry, work call. Um, you hear about uh, Westlake lacrosse kid, you're like, oh, my Lord, where is this going? Right. Uh, but the medals checked out. He was a physical lacrosse player. And so they love his physicality uh, or physical intent. It's just how strong can he play at the point of attack? You know, one of the one of the best things Texas has going for him as they break in those two boundary defenders are two very, very good run defenders in Ryan Watts and uh, Jalen Catalan behind them. So that makes me feel a little bit better about things. Uh, but you know, I, I don't have a great read on on Vosik yet. I'm, that's one. I'm, I'm just as curious as 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 viewers of this show are. Right. Uh, but it's it's one thing we check on quite a bit. Check in on Inside Texas because I'll be asking about him pretty much every practice. I don't think he's going to get run over and flattened. I'm just having to have trepidation because I saw a lot of he lacked a lot of physical strength last year. It's pretty obvious. Uh, he has improved this season, but I just don't know uh, to what degree. And again, going up against Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks, it's it's hard to get a true read on it. Yeah, again, let's take a second for Adam Lowy. Um, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm specializes in results for his clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any sort of serious catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. Thank you very much to Adam Lowy for being a sponsor of the State of the Program Weekly. All right, Eric, we've got a couple more positions to get through. Before we talk Colin Simmons to end the show, which, you know, look, after quarterback and edge, I think it's Colin Simmons right now in the Texas world. Linebacker, um, I'm just going to let you roll with it. Jalen Ford, Defensive Player of the Year in the Big 12 preseason middle backer. Outside of that, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jet Bush is going to be his backup, and I think Jet's going to be pretty capable. Uh, still a little worried about Jet in coverage, but I think yeah. reading the flow of the run game, he's pretty good. Uh, again, you want you want Jalen Ford out there fresh, so he's going to play. I know uh, PK goes to his rotation a little early in games for fans liking. I feel that too, um, but you know that's that's how he goes about it. Uh, David Bend, I feel strong, is going to win the linebacker uh, to to the opposite of Ford. Uh, Maurice Blackwell's playing. Both that linebacker, uh, he'll probably be the primary backup behind Benda and also still playing his Sam uh, when they're in base, which he played quite well last year towards the end of the season. Very physical player, but I, he's going to play both positions quite a bit. You know, they'll only be in base when they go up against uh, teams that are running two tight ends. So some games you won't see him, some games you'll see him quite a bit. Uh, I think everybody cares about Anthony Hill. Anthony Hill's coming along behind uh, Benda and Blackwell. Uh, but also he's going to compete with Blackwell at that Sam. So, again, you're going to see more of him when you see two tight end teams. Uh, but I do think that they are going to work pretty uh, strenuously on figuring out how to get him out on the field situationally uh, because he's one of the best pass rushers on the team, if not the best one. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, 
we heard a lot about Leona LaFowl in spring, right? Yeah. Um, I, and I think we're both we're both impressed with him, just his movement skills, right? In space, Absolutely. seeing him in person, whether that's spring game or whether that was in person um, here for the media open window. Um, I have not heard any much about Leona LaFowl right now. I don't know if there's anything behind the scenes you're hearing or if it's kind of just status quo on him because we get a lot of questions about him and Anthony Hill as well. Well, yeah, it's just it's just that more that Bush is in the way in the same way that right. Benda is in Hill's way. Um, yeah, Leona is going to play this season. I do not expect him to redshirt at all. Uh, they got to get him ready for primetime next season uh, yeah. where I expect him to be a, a three-year starter at Texas. Uh, so I'm, everybody's just as high on him as ever. It's just the roadblock to the field is a little different because he doesn't have that that more unique skill set that Hill has that gets him on the field uh, despite a long jam at his conventional position. Uh, moving on to safety real quick. Jaron Thompson we know, right? We know kind of Michael Taft um, uh, and the guys that are kind of running second team. We know what they bring to the table. Let's talk Jalen Catalan because unless I'm mistaken, there's two freshman All-Americans on this team, Kelvin Banks and Jalen Catalan, <laughs> two guys that were named freshman All-Americans. Yeah. Catalan was spectacular before the, the injuries set in at Arkansas. And to listen to Sark talk about him the other day, nothing's changed post-injury in his terms of in terms of talent. Um, Sark pretty much said it's day on, day off from contact with him. What do you think Jalen Catalan, the type of difference maker, maker he can be for this defense if healthy and what else are you hearing behind the scenes about him culturally with the team in the locker room? Because I think Sark hit on something on that. Yeah. You know, we're hearing a lot of very short sentences that kind of tell you everything. Uh, Sark says, if he knows he goes uh, the day before I wrote the, um, I wrote that he triggers like a madman. That, yep. that was a direct quote from somebody. So that tells you they're saying the exact same thing there. And what that tells us is that he processes extremely quick. And, you know, that, you know, you're not surprised because he's uh, so experienced. He's a veteran, uh, but it's still a new playbook to him, still some new terminology to him. Uh, and he just kind of came in uh, and seamlessly, even though he missed uh, spring, you know, he was out there mentally, of course, and, and, and learning playbooks and, and coaching points and everything. But uh, he wasn't act out there actually doing it, creating the muscle memory. But it seems like, he's, you know, he's just a natural football player. I don't think it matters. You know, everything's everybody's going to – Focus in on him uh, being a, a stalwart in zone coverage, reading the quarterback and picking off a few balls, maybe four or five. Who knows if he's healthy? Uh, but I think his greatest uh, role for this team is shoring up that run uh, in the absence of DeMarvin Overshone and with the loss of Ovi, uh, two guys that actually played the run pretty well. You know, not great, but pretty well. There's still questions there going into the season. To me, he can make Texas right even when uh, maybe a guy busts his assignment. So, you know, it's veteran leadership. Uh, he had that day one when he came in the locker room. You know, he came in, you know, there's a, doesn't try to be uh, Mr. Former All-American, All-SEC. He just came in, put his head down, you know, got to know everybody, uh, put, you know, focused very hard on learning the playbook right out of the gates. You know, people felt like he knew it within a month or so. Uh, and so he's just a dedicated football player. You know, he deserves to have an exceptional, healthy season. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I do think if you can get Texas to get a healthy season out of Catalan, Catalan, Jalen Ford, two instinctive playmakers, will make a huge difference having two of those guys on the field. Moving the corner, outside a wide receiver, corner has some interesting battles going on for me it, because it's because there's depth of talent. You have returners, <laughs> returning guys, uh, Ryan Watts and Terrence Brooks, both 
guys. I mean, Ryan Watts has a draftable grade headed into this year. Terrence Brooks will have a high draftable grade after this season, probably uh, headed into his, maybe his final season in Austin. But then you have newcomer Gavin Holmes, an extremely talented, technical, technically sound corner in Malik Muhammad. What are your thoughts? What are you hearing on the cornerback position right now as we get ready for the first scrimmage, I believe, on Saturday? Well, Texas has five guys that would start at a lot of schools. I would include Austin Jordan, who's kind yep. of you know not even mentioned in the top four. Uh, yep. So, you know, it's just an embarrassment of riches at a position that spends a lot of time running. You know, so, again, it's a huge benefit on a physically taxing position to have so much depth. Uh, I think Terrence Brooks will start the first game. Um, I'm going to be very curious to know who's going to finish these games. And it could come down to whoever's playing the best that day, who seems as uh, mentally engaged and uh, making plays. Uh, you could have a star one game and a different guy the next uh, because there, there, there is that much depth. You know, I don't know if any of these guys is a lead NFL corner, uh, but I do think uh, all four of them are, you know, at least going to get a good look. Uh, and, and, you know, I think three of them for sure are going to play in the league for a while. Uh, you know, maybe Gavin Holmes will see if how much he uh, wants to embrace the physical side of it. That's still a bit of a question for me. Not not too concerning, but as far as NFL goes, Malik Muhammad, I think, is going to evolve into a pretty uh, good draft pick. Um He's just entirely advanced, way advanced. One of the most advanced freshmen Texas has had in years. Uh, he processes like a like a veteran. Um, he can he keys downhill fast when he sees run. He he knows you know he's just a very heady football player. Uh, he's going to play a lot. So yeah, they, I think uh, I think Terrence Brooks and Ryan Walks are probably your starters. I do I do uh, think that you know Malik Muhammad's probably more physical than Holmes uh, at this point. So maybe he's the guy that backs up Watts some. Um, you know it'll be interesting to see. They've got a they've got a very good problem on their hands. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Uh, again, thank you to Adam Lowy. Got a couple, three minutes here left, and we're going to end the show with Colin Simmons' talk. Colin Simmons uh, announces 2 p.m., around 2 p.m. You know, these things never go off at 2 p.m., right? It's a little after. Um, but Colin Simmons, the number one ranked edge in the country, uh, top-ranked prospect in the state. I don't think there's any question he's the top prospect in the state. Um, and it's such a key position of need the edge yeah. position for texas but maybe the one area they haven't knocked it out of the park as far as getting that five-star guy right. um the, the, the true difference maker um look when we're about 24 hours away eric um I'll, i'm just i'm give the give the floor to you we'll get into the conversation on colin simmons what are your thoughts right now 24 hours out on the colin simmons announcement because it's a big one it's by the way for fans who have just tuning in for the first time, wondering who Colin Simmons are, and there may be one. This is for the one fan. It's Texas, it's LSU, it's Miami. The kids never, anytime I've ever talked to him, I didn't think he was going to do anything outside the SEC. Um, so we think this is going to be an SEC decision. So, Eric, what are your thoughts 24 hours out? Well, you know, I've, I've gained comfort for a long time knowing how big of a need he was in the class. And, you know, Texas hasn't missed on very many must-gets. You'd be hard-pressed to figure out when, when the last one was that they lost uh, that was a true must-get. You know, they've, they've, got, they've landed Arch, uh, Kelvin Banks when they had to, uh, Anthony Hill they had to, uh, even Colton Vosick, who I failed to discuss uh, earlier. Um, you know, I think he was a must-get at that point because they didn't have any other main edge targets. Right. Uh, and, and he was going to OU. You can't let that happen. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's always been something that kind of, uh, you know, settled in my mind is, you know, this is probably going to go Texas's way. Um, you know, I thought Texas did a very good job of uh, building momentum into the official visit. I think the same thing happened with Anthony Hill last year. They came up just a little bit short uh, before the season for Hill, but they had the, the momentum going into that. Um, 
I think I think they had the momentum going into this official visit. I think they knocked the official visit out of the park. At some point down the road, we'll go into more details on that. Yeah. Um, and so my confidence was sky high. Put in a pick. Uh, I think the Friday night he was there. Maybe it was. I think it was Friday. Maybe Saturday. I don't know. Um, and so my confidence was very high going out of that. Now you know we were always on alert for him going to LSU. You know that final. You know, is he going there to check a box or is he going there to truly get a final say? Nobody truly knew that. Um, but, you know, the last few days I've been uh, I think I've done a pretty good job of gathering what I think are accurate pros and cons list. Um, I think there are more pros in UT's favor. But the big problem there, of course, is you don't know how each pro is weighted. Uh, right. You can have you can have exactly. a pros and cons list that goes down the line for one school. Um, but proximity is the number one thing that he's waiting for. And uh, that school's too far away. You know, so uh, that that's been the big the big trouble the last couple of days is knowing where he waits the pros and cons. Uh, but I do think the pros uh, have waited more in, in Texas's favor in the last uh, month or two. And one of the, uh, you know, the things with Colin for me is, um, look, to your point, we've always heard close to home. And that's why, you know, he visited Oregon, visited Miami, went to Florida twice, went to Georgia. But I think we've maintained our in our lane. We've stayed in this one lane at Inside Texas that close to home was going to win out at the end of the day with Colin. And the interesting part about that, it, it always comes down to a lot of times with these kids, Eric, is, you know, or when they sit down and talk to their parents, do you want to live in Texas when you're done playing football? If you're mm -hmm. from Texas, right? I mean, in, and there's a, there's a pretty strong thought in the, within the Colin circle that maybe just not even Colin, but the family would like to stay in Texas long-term. I, and to me, that kind of speaks to what you're talking about, those pros and cons, um, you know, and, and that's what I thought LSU was going to have to battle because they can win on some other areas. I mean, look, they won a yeah. national championship in 2019. Colin watched them win it, um, right? I mean, he's seen their success in the NFL draft. Um, but that closeness to home, if you're going to stay in Texas, if your family wants to remain in Texas, I, I think is – look, that's what LSU will fight – uh, against teams that want to recruit in the state against their top yeah. guys, right? So kind of what are your thoughts there? What have you heard uh, in the last 24 hours there? Well, I mean, we, we all go through this, uh, whether it could be a job hunt, you know, we got a practicality uh, can can weigh out, you know, do I want to move a state over? You know, uh, a yeah. lot of people don't want to move states, but the job opportunity makes makes a lot of sense. For him, I think here the job opportunity is, is at home, the long-term uh, view of it is at home. Maybe he even feels a little more comfortable in Baton Rouge uh, but, he, you know, he can think, well, you know, I like my heart's here, but my head is here. I'm old enough to the point where I've got to make a head decision, not a heart decision. You know, um, you know, I think that times if you did make a, a, an emotional decision, I think LSU uh, has in the past surely felt like home. Now, I don't know exactly how they feel right now, um, but he's got to weigh the long term effects of this. And, you know, Texas is going to has done well traditionally and they're in it every cycle for, for top recruits because of that holistic sell. You know, there's so much more than just football going on. Uh, if it was a pure football decision, I do think it probably would be LSU. But, um, you know, there's the reason there's the reason kids pick Texas that don't even play sports. Uh, and I think Colin, I think a lot of that, those aspects appeal to Colin. And uh, by the way, for fans listening um, inside Texas, we will be at Duncanville High tomorrow for that 2 p.m. announcement. Bobby Burton will have a live stream running on on Texas football for that announcement. Uh, Eric, tell everybody closing. Why inside Texas? Oh, man. We, can tell, we have a lot of reasons, but tell everybody else the reasons. We're the fastest growing website in the, in the Texas market by far. 
Well, you know, we're always working hard to improve. You know, we uh, we keep hiring people. Every time we make a little money, we go hire somebody. Um, you know, that's it's been that way since uh, since 2013. Uh, Jerry, Bobby, maybe we had somebody else down the road. Who knows? But we're always working to, to increase the value of subscribers' money. Uh, we know that that it, it's we're, we're very grateful that you guys choose to spend your hard-earned money with us. Um, and we and you just need to trust that we're going to keep improving the site. We've got pretty much the best. Uh, uh, collection of of experience uh, doing this. I mean, over a hundred years, I, I think. Imagine and and then check our work rate. Count our count our article counts uh, to everybody else, not just uh, not just within this market, but other markets. You know, you're going to get you're going to get ten articles a day, pretty much, probably twelve or thirteen as we get into the season. So, you know, we're not going to get outworked. I don't think we're going to get. Uh, you're not going to find better analysis either. And there you go. That's Eric Nalink, State of the Program, presented by Adam Lowy Law Firm. Uh, guys, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. But it'll be Bobby Burton back in the seat he needs to be in for this show. I was filling in today. Uh, everybody have a great day, and we will be talking to you on various live streams this week. Thank you very much.